You are listening to Pigs in a Podcast, the official K-Pig podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite new and not-so-new pig artists. Here's Jamie Coffis with a recent interview from our Neighborhood Night Wednesday Night series. It's always it's always good to hear from you and check in with you. Um, the new album is out. It's called uh, Pagan Church. We've been spinning it over here quite a bit, um, digging it. Cool, Thanks. cool title, cool cover. Although I was gonna say it's a little bit of a missed opportunity uh, w- when you have a song called Viking Sex on the album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I would have liked to see well, that you know- cover. Yeah, you know, I I hate naming naming things is my least favorite part of the job. Mm. So I went in, you know, this record I did with TK and the Holy No Nothings, which are some friends of mine up in the, up in Portland, and they, you know, they sort of backed me up, and um, I went in with all these working titles, almost like you know, just to be kind of like salacious or provocative, get it, to get them kind of like intrigued by yeah, the song. Yeah. But I never thought it would, and a lot of them did end up changing. But I remember with Viking Sex, everybody sort of. Set, vowed that if I changed that, they would be pretty <laughs> upset. So, yeah. so that one, that one stuck. But, um, yeah. but yeah, <clears throat> I appreciate that. That would have been a different cover. Yeah, could have been pretty funny. Um, but yeah, talk about that title. And I was, I saw that uh, you said that Taylor kind of uh, steered you towards that one, and 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 the cover too is is for anyone that's toured through Portland. Uh, most most of us are pretty familiar with Laurel Thirst, and that's that's um, pictured here on the front. I think it's a really neat looking cover really kind of captures the vibe of the guys are playing dice drinking some pacificos and tell tell people about what that community is all about up in portland yeah for any portland musician especially the six of us you know laurel thirst is the nexus it's sort of the heartbeat and i wouldn't be so bold to say i met all those guys there obviously but that is where i would see everyone as we come off tour you know there's there's music there every night and it's very very local and very welcoming. And so, um, you know, the, this this particular incarnation, the, the Know Nothing started there. You know, they were that was sort of a super group that kind of formed there. And then, you know, the connection between me and them sort of formed there in, you know, just, you know, going there, seeing them talking music. And, and so we thought that that would be a great thing to have on the cover and, and us all kind of you know, we, this was actually photo was taken before a gig we did there, mm-hmm. uh, like to warm up for the, um, for the record. And the title comes, you know, there's a song on the album that is, uh, a bit more personal and a bit more, um, about different topics. But, uh, you know, Taylor, when I told him I wanted the cover to be all thirst, he thought there'd be a nice double meaning there yeah. because, um, you know, for some people that, that venue is in a way, you know, sort of a secular gather. It's almost like a church, you know, not obviously non-religious. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'll, I'll credit Taylor on the, on the idea of, you know, using that song title, which is, <clears throat> which is about something else, but giving it that spin. And, and once he suggested that, I, I thought that was a great idea. So that's, that's where that, the, the cover comes from. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So just talking to you about your album making process, I was lucky enough to, to get to make one with you and oh, yeah. uh, a few years ago. And I, I really remember taking note of your, there's definitely a, a, like a bigger picture that you are interested in, I'd say, relative to other people I've, I've worked with or, or albums I've made. Um, you're, you're pretty interested in 
kind of threading the songs together, it seems like to me. I, maybe I'm overstating that, but I kind of noticed that with this record, too. It feels like, you know, of course there's you know, diversity amongst the, the tunes and the, the, the subjects, but, like, there is some kind of thread. I guess that's part of having the same band, but is that something that is, is important to you, and, and how is that important, and why? Yeah, I think, you know, not only are the songs, you know, hopefully representative of where I'm at in that moment, both emotionally and, and sort of musically, but, <clears throat> but yeah, I think, I think just because when I was younger, the music I listened to, I really connected more with those, I guess, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a storyteller, and I liked the records that kind of told a story in the, in the way they unfolded with the song flow and, and the, the sort of themes that kind of uh, stitched together the songs. And, you know, and some of that is going to be inevitable if, if they're all coming from a snapshot of your, um, of your life at that moment. But yeah, I, I think that's something that's really important to me. And, um, you know, I, 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 I can sort of see that with the musicians usually pick up on that and we try to, um, you know, sort of weave that in musically as well. Yeah. And do you think you, like, from a, you know, songwriting approach, does that kind of creep into your mind? Like, well, I'm, I've written a couple of songs this way, and I'm, are you start, do you start to kind of, does it kind of, you start to follow, like, a path, or does it not really? Yeah, well, you know, I think with, like, with each album, usually there's a couple songs that kind of start, you know, with the one you and I did together, a song like Part Wolf mm-hmm. gets written, and I start to hear the groove, I hear the beat and, <clears throat> and I hear the theme that's coming out of that. And I think, okay, I like this. And so when I'm, when the next ones start to come, they kind of get, you know, filtered through that lens. I start to think like, okay, I think we got an album coming. And so, yeah, I, I think everything starts to sort of, uh, take shape as, and, and as the songs build it be, without be, being cheesy, it's like, it's this little family and, and you know a song is going to come on, and it's going to get affected by those other, mm-hmm. uh, those other you know characters and those other tones. And um, at some point, you think, all right, I think we've we've got enough here. But inevitably, it's funny, you know, on the way, you know, to let's say you book the studio or you book the band, like we did with you and I and Matt and Ben and Nico. You know, on the way there, you think, okay, well, actually, I, I'm feeling some other stuff. You know, it starts yeah. to really take shape and. It doesn't even really, you don't even know until you get there. And of course, all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, it's, all, it's also nice to have a little bit of a framework. I think that kind of guides something um, maybe better than not having any idea at all. But yeah, I definitely, I think that's a good way to be. It's kind of a little bit of both, one foot in here, one foot in there. And you can kind of still be creative, but have a, you know, have a little bit of an outline. That seems like a cool way to do it. I'm not... A, organized enough to do something like that but that's I, I admire your ability to do to do that well it's easier also i think when you're a solo um mm. you know i i admire my friends who are in bands and like the collaboration aspect something that i i don't get but i think one of the benefits of being solo is that you do really get to sort of steer that ship and you're kind of like mm-hmm. forever you know the sculptor and and that's good and bad i think you know in in some ways you yeah, you're going to miss out on a couple of things. And obviously, like, the best example would be someone like the Beatles, where, you know, you get all of the sort of happy combinations of John and Paul. And then as they go separate, you know, the albums are still great, but they're a lot more... You can you can hear the, the sort of concreteness in the way that they um, 
were making their records then because they didn't have any other voices telling them like, well, what if we did it this way? <laughs> you know, yeah. and so, and so I think what's nice about what I try to do when I make a record is get people in there that you know won't just. I mean, I'm no dictator in the studio, but I, I really want to you know to sort of have some of the essence of what it's like to have a band in that moment. So I can, I like just I like knowing what these other people are thinking, and obviously, you know what they're going to choose is is usually better than what I you know as far as musically because you know I'll, what they end up choosing oftentimes is something like well I would never would have thought of that so yeah. it's really cool yeah, yeah and you want to hear the, the personalities I mean that's what people want to hear is that you know a band that's what's so fun about it and, and yeah that's what the Beatles are so cool and why the Rolling Stones are so cool it's like you know they were kind of let everyone kind of do their own thing um, this yeah this this album for sure I'm talking to John Craigie the album is Pagan Church this one is it's it's Definitely more of the country, Americana thing, maybe that you haven't quite fully embraced in the past, I guess, and you were kind of just ready to go full country band? Yeah, you know, we had done, um, these are all guys I've worked with in, in different, uh, you know, albums or, or situations, but um, I had written that Lori Rolled Me a J yeah, song. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that song. Yeah, in 2021, and, you know, things we're still pretty close down and I didn't have a, I remember thinking like, man, I, I, this is, this would be a good song to play right now. And the know nothings had just kind of just formed or, you know, sort of were getting their, their flow. And they had this, uh, residency at this outdoor venue in Portland that was just starting to do shows. I think they were doing like, uh, maybe three every week. And they had me come down, uh, one week and fit in on, on all the shows. And, and I showed them that song and, and yeah, we, we, uh, they made that song, you know, kind of what it is. I just had the lyrics and the, the two chords. And, and I think that was the moment when Taylor said to me, you know, we could do a whole record like this. And yeah, so I knew that it was going to get a little more into a country ish, you know, they, Jay played all that pedal steel, which is great, which yeah. I, I don't think I've ever had on a record before. And, mm -hmm. um, and obviously Taylor Kingman's style is just, is great. And, uh, you know, obviously unique and, and, uh, yeah, but I, I love to just kind of lean into that, uh, kind of knowing that, um, this is where it's at now. And, and, uh, and they, yeah, they have a, they have a great mastery of that tone. For sure. Um, so Pagan Church, I, if I counted correctly, I think this is your 11th album, like not including, uh, live things. Uh, wow. Yeah. Is that, that right? That's I have I haven't counted in a bit, but um yeah that's that I won't challenge you on. That. I think that's <laughs> right. I mean, and then if you put the it's like another three live things, and that's since like two thousand nine, so that's like thirteen, fourteen things in like fifteen years. Uh, uh, that's pretty prolific, man. Like, like uh, not to mention you know every show is like basically a full hour of stand up, and then you got your your Beatles thing that you've been doing every year. That's pretty diligently researched and, and curated. And that's just, I mean, it's, it's a, it's hard work being John Craigie, huh? Oh, thanks man. Well, you know, <laughs> I've always been a, ner a music nerd and, and a regular nerd as well. <laughs> and I think, um, <clears throat> once I was given the opportunity to have it as a job, uh, it's, um, it's just very, it's very, it's a nice, I really like to be able to, um, yeah, it's a pleasure. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, uh, I get. I guess what I'm saying is like, um, 
I think there were there was a time when it's what I wanted to do and I couldn't do it. You know, whether yeah. it was because of you know talent limitations or just and so um, as soon as it was able to, I think it's just uh, hard not to sort of dive all dive all in. I've been lucky, yeah. With I think about that, you know, with things like um, you know, songs is such a weird thing. I could sit down probably, and you can yeah, I could hammer out some chords and stuff, but lyrics, it just really has to come to me. And, and um, you know, I, I think about someone like Willie or even Prine in the, in the later years, you know, would some of that there may be three or four covers on a record. And I'm not opposed to that. If I ever, yeah. if I ever need that, you know, what's cool is I have this wealth of, uh, my, I'm just surrounded by such great songwriters. And it's something I've thought about maybe starting to try to implement because, um, you know, there's like like with Prime. You know, I didn't know who Blaze Foley was, and then he put Clay Pigeons on that Fair and Square record, and and you know, someone like Prime doesn't need to do that. You know what I mean? He's right. Fair and Square is great on its own, but it had me going and checking out Blaze, and mm. it's all and also you know Prime's version is great, and so I I think there's there's something cool to that, but um, it's nice if you can. If there's enough songs each time, if you got something to say, it's it's nice to be able to. Yeah, man, to that's I mean that's a lot of songs though. It's like that's that's uh, I mean I kind of wonder about like, I mean your approach. I mean for one, like I I just look at it through my the lens of my writing, and and for one, like yeah. I, I'm you know we've done like half the albums, and I've done half the amount. You know I I only do half <laughs> the songs on each one. So and that feels yeah. like man, it's hard to you know. I'm sure you can relate to this feeling of like, well, man, I am probably never going to write another song again. I don't know how yeah. I could ever do it. And yeah. to be able to kind of, to, you know, just keep hammering them out. Um, what, tell me about like your approach, your, to the, just like, like that creative process in general. I mean, most people I know, and at least myself, I'm really like a let it come to me kind of guy. Do you, do you like lock yourself up in a room every day and, and kind of force yourself to do it? Or how do you, it's just it's kind of hard for me to fathom the uh, the just the sheer volume that you've been able to kind of put out and and not to mention how you know the quality as well. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, you know I've never been good at the uh, well. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a let it come mm -hmm. kind of guy. I don't think you know. I think especially like I said with lyrics, you know, if somebody said you know come up with 10 chord progressions. Yeah, I could do it. I don't know if it would be good, but yeah. like, that's something, like I said, I could, there's a, there's like a math to that, right? I right, could, right. I could sit and think, okay, yeah, I could do EA or, mm -hmm. you know, but the lyrics just, I mean, there's just no way that I could make, you know what I mean? Like that I could just, it has to happen to me. And so I have a pretty detailed note system, you know, of, of as these things come to me. And, and so I think when I was younger, yeah, I, I maybe would write faster, but um, less efficiently. And now I, I rarely have the days where I'm sitting down and like, you know, just one comes, you know what I mean? Yeah, I haven't yeah. had that in a while yeah. and that's okay. And, you know, I think there's a lot of like excitement around that in the songwriter world, right? We always like, of course you always hear those stories. Yeah. Oh, you know, mm -hmm. and that's great. But I don't think with me, the, the, the goodness, you know, has anything to do with the amount of time I've written, I've written songs I really like that are, that happened quickly and some that took three years. And, but I just always just check in with the song. And so if I've got a verse or two, you know, um, usually after sound check, before I go on, there's sort of this two hour dead zone 
So I'm a little anxious, you know, nothing too bad, but I got nothing to do but wait until I go on. So that's a nice time for me to sort of open up the notebook, look at what I'm writing, play through each song. Uh, do I get, do I got something? Do I, have I finished this? You know, and even when something's done, I still don't, I never fully trust it. You know, I, I want to make sure. So it's really not until the album is recorded that I feel some sense of finality. And even then, you know, I've, I've, I've changed uh, lines, you know, or two post uh, after the fact. It's always evolving, but you know, an album is always a little scary to me because of that. You know, there's that sort of cementing. Totally. Yeah. And I and I never I never know if if that's a disservice to a song. You know, I mean, obviously the age right. we live in, yeah. it's it's a it's a way of sharing it, and I think that's awesome. But there is that part of me that thinks mm, maybe this song should. And I have a few songs that I've never recorded, and I there is something special about those. You know, there's something kind of sweet where they're almost like they can't be tamed, they can't be yeah. tied down. Yeah, and they kind of get know. to grow up along with you and change a little. You don't have, you don't have to be so beholden to the recording. That's yeah, that's a, I think that's a, a good concept. Um, yeah, interesting. Will you like play stuff? Um, we play new stuff if it's not recorded. Like, do you, how, what's your policy on that? Do you do you uh, you know, I'm sure. I mean, with eleven albums, I'm sure you'll you'll sneak a few in every once in a while. But I don't know. That's yeah, kind of an interesting thing to think about. That, that's a good question. You know, I struggle with that. I tend to not play stuff that's not on records for a few reasons. One, um, in the past, I've done that, and then people are hitting me up. You know, where can I get that? Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I sometimes wonder if I think with my kind of music too. I do think it's kind of like people need to hear it, like. They need to hear it and then go home and you know sort of listen to it a few times before. Uh, and I hope that doesn't, that doesn't. I don't mean to make that sound cocky. I just mean <laughs> it's like <laughs> I just think it's not as like in your face as a sure. a pop song. And so there's a little more to digest. Uh, yeah, there, there's yeah for sure. So so sometimes I feel like I'm maybe doing a disservice, but yeah, when it happens, it's fun. And obviously, what I really like to do is if something's topical. Um, you know, then it's important that I that I do it uh, then, even if it's not out yet. And so, obviously, yeah. like during during the COVID times, I have some COVIDy songs. Lori rolled me a J. Of course, I played many times before it. it uh, right. I think it was about eight months before I got to put that out. And um, and you know, <clears throat> and there were some other songs when Trump was elected. The uh, you know in 2016. Right, um, I remember I, that one. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I got to get that out. I think two years later, it got on a record. But um, you know, there was no something like that I couldn't sit on. But other other things like all this pagan church stuff, very few of these I played live um, beforehand, uh, and I felt good about that. I think it's nice yeah, to cool. kind of come out of the gates. I think so. You know, it's it's something that I don't. I haven't. The jury's still out on whether that's a good idea or yeah, not. Yeah. And I and I don't. I think to each each artist, it's like what you're feeling. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair way to, to go about it. Um, I, you know, something I've never really asked you about, uh, I'm talking to John Craig, is, is your, is um, how you kind of uh, filter in and out your, your comedy, your story bits. Your, like, I, I mean, I just call it the, the comedy part of the show. I mean, if the, and those are all written, you know, those aren't all, you know, made up on the spot. I'm sure you're editing them. You know, you, they might be a little bit different night to night, I would guess. But how do you, are, do you, are you doing it like maybe a stand-up night where they do like a, 
they kind of throw out that that hour at the end of every year and kind of start fresh, or are you kind of <clears throat> bits by bits are kind of going in and out, or how, how do you how do you uh, kind of manage those? Yeah, I think that my main thing for me is that um, I don't want to repeat myself to a to an, a listener. You know what I mean? Right, so right, right. I luckily I've got my tour schedule down pretty, so it's pretty regular. So I'm usually going yeah. everywhere about once a year. Some places I don't ever get to go to, sadly, yeah. and hopefully yeah. that changes. And then, yeah. and some places maybe like Portland will see me, you know, a couple times a year. But I take diligent notes of what I've told in that town so yes i think as a kid also being a comedy nerd i listened to many interviews of you know people like robin williams and uh brian regan and all the jerry seinfeld who yeah i was sort of like you know um jim gaffigan yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna write an hour i'm gonna hit it you know in their cases it was usually like record the special and then i yeah i uh and it's not quite for me but yeah i tend to you know, try to tell everything to everybody once, and then it and then it gets mostly retired. Now, especially if something I've only put out two live albums, but not counting the Beatles. But once it's on there, it's it's going to be pretty hard to get me to tell it again. I, that somehow feels a little blast, not blasphemous, but a little um, wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but if I've told, you know, I mean, it's this has happened many times where. You know, it's some a story that I told maybe years ago, and somebody's like shouts out for it, and so in that case, uh, you know, sure, <laughs> but <Sure. laughs> um, but it's something that I that I'm very self conscious of. It's funny with a song, you know, you could you can play that every time you go to the town forever, yeah, and, and it's great. Yeah, music's. I mean, that's the cool. That's what I love about music is that like it is you get to repeat and you get to sort of like. Uh, you know, it it feels each time, and a story or a joke. Uh, you know, it's not it's not like that, and um, yeah. I got to keep that in mind. I think I think a lot of artists make that mistake of forgetting that their crowd has heard it before and maybe yeah. doesn't want to hear it again. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I feel that. Uh, right on. Uh, talking to John Craigie, the new record is Pagan Church. He's uh, it's been fun talking to you. Uh, thanks for giving us a bunch of time, John. Um, you're coming to town in the summer at some point, I think, but you got this yeah. really awesome year planned. Like you said, you've kind of been getting, it it's, gets pretty regular in terms of like, you got a, a nice, like, you know, you, you have your runway of, of the year pretty well mapped out um, from year to year, it seems like, and, and you, you mentioned it, but I'll go ahead and, and just uh, mention it again. Getting ready to get out to Australia for a good stretch here about a looks like about a month or so yeah my first time too i'm excited is that right okay that's cool and then yeah and then riding that right into some more uh you know u.s touring and it just man you're it's a it's a fun looking year man so uh enjoy it and uh we'll see you when you get back here uh looks like may-ish huh uh yeah yeah i'll be doing those beatles shows up in uh nevado uh, end of May, and, and grateful to have you on one of those. Yeah, and um, we just added a third night. To yeah, I noticed show. that. Cool. <clears throat> so that'll be great. Doing Rubber Soul this time, which is uh, uh, which is one of my favorites, and obviously, uh, uh, you know, huge influence on me early on. Things like uh, Norwegian Wood in my life. Um, I'm looking through you. Were were big, big impact songs on me as a kid. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Well, we'll yeah, we're, we're excited for that, and we're, we're stoked on this album. I got uh, Viking Sex here uh, queued up, and thank we'll you. go out on that. Um, John Craigie, thanks again, man. Thank you. As always, thanks for listening to Pigs in a Podcast. And remember, you'll find the latest episodes posted weekly at kpig.com. You can also subscribe to the series for free in iTunes, and the latest episodes will be downloaded to your computer automatically. Thanks again, piggies.